This episode is in honor of Suicide Prevention Awareness Month and Are You Okay Day. I am recording this on the actual Are You Okay Day, the 14th of September, but this will obviously be released tomorrow, which will be a Friday. But regardless, even if you are listening to this now, and it could be in a few months, a few years' time, I think that this episode will help a lot of people because I'm going to be giving you 14 different alternatives to therapy. Now, of course, a lot of things that I talk about today, you would have already heard me talk about before, but I think it is important for me to do this episode and have all of these ideas and alternatives in the one episode. And especially for people, maybe you listen to my podcast and you know someone does struggle with their mental health and you just want to send them this episode specifically so they can listen to it and take everything on board and start implementing these strategies that I suggest and these tools so that they can help themselves with their mental health. The reason obviously why I think this is an important episode to do, you know, 14 things that will support your mental health that don't include therapy, even medication, like I'm not going to be talking about medication even though I'm in full support of both therapy and medication, but let's be honest, not everyone has access to therapy and not everyone can afford therapy sometimes if not all the time. And therapy isn't the most helpful tool sometimes. And talk therapy itself only takes you to a place. It's not the be all and end all as much as I want to encourage people to go to therapy if they can access it. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Welcome to the What We Ask. I am your host, Lily Heenan, and enjoy guys. I am so proud that we as a society are normalizing mental health issues even more and we've got things like the Are You Okay Day and Suicide Awareness Prevention Month and more and more education is coming up about it and letting people know that it's okay to not be okay and all of those messages and I'm here for it and I support it but I think it's also really hard and confusing because we still are at a standstill with the idea of mental health because You can ask someone if they're okay and we can tell people that, you know, it's okay to struggle with your mental health, but that information only takes you so far and that's why I'm talking, going to talk about the things that, aside from therapy, these are other alternatives that are going to support your mental health because there's so many things that we're still so uneducated about and what to do when you are in times of you know, your mental health is struggling or maybe you just want to know how to prevent certain things from happening in the future. So that's what this episode has been created for. I personally think that incorporating all of these things into your life are more beneficial than therapy because you want variety and going to therapy alone won't fix you. Taking medication alone won't fix you. You have to do all of these, not all of these things, but A lot of things that I talk about you really want to start to be aware of and start putting your energy into the things that I talk to you that I'm going to be talking about. Now, I know if you're listening to this right now and I'm going to be going through things that are to other alternatives to therapy, maybe you're in the pits right now, you're so depressed, you've been depressed a month. I get it. The last thing that you want to do is get up and do something like exercise and you your mindset is so negative and you don't see a way out and all of the things, I get it. It's okay. Don't put pressure on yourself into like 
needing to do all of these things all at once or needing to be perfect. That's not what this episode is about to like try and push things or make people feel guilty. But even if, you know, the advice that I give you, you then take out of all the 14 and go, today, tomorrow, I'm going to focus on that. Today, tomorrow, Lily says that exercise has actually been scientifically proven that exercising is better than medication and talk therapy alone. So tomorrow, my focus is getting outside and going for a 10-minute walk. And that's all you have to do. That's all you have to focus on, okay? I remember when my psychologist actually said to me, she said, you know, you can go to therapy. I can give you the tools. I can sit here and listen. We can talk about it. But at the end of the day, I can help you. I can guide you. But you ultimately make the decisions for yourself and you have to want change and you have to put in these strategies into your life to better yourself. And she said, because this is when I was, she said this when I remember I was going down the natural path and I was doing acupuncture and I just started going to the gym and all this stuff and I started feeling so much better. And she said, of course, you're feeling so much better because you're not just focusing on on sleep, you're focusing all the, on the other one percenters that makes a collective, which is ultimately going to, that's why you're going to feel your best self and that's why you're going to have better mental health outcomes because you're not just focusing on the one thing and relying and expecting that therapy itself is going to change you. Of course, it's going to help, but it's not going to fix you. You need to be doing all of the one percents to have the benefit of them all in the long run. Now, none of the things that I mention are going to magically fix your internal struggles or the battles that you're dealing with, but they're going to help you in the moment. And if you're consistent with these things, they're going to help you long-term as well. Because like I said, going to therapy is a great tool and it's helpful, but it's not going to fix you. Just like taking medication isn't going to fix you. And just like taking medication for those who are struggling with something like depression or ADHD isn't going to fix you. But it's going to help you because it's a tool. And I don't believe that doing one thing is what you should focus on. Like my therapist told me, it is the small percentage of things that help you be the best version of yourself. And I know for a lot of people that's hard. Like I said, because especially in the moments when you are at your lowest, you don't have the energy, you don't have the motivation. I get it. And to do any of these things, and I know there's still a lot of stigma around accessing therapy and medication in itself. So I hope these alternatives align with you. Okay, my top 14 alternatives if you can't access therapy. So the first one is follow registered therapists on social media or holistic healers or neuroscientists because every day I follow so many people like this. If you want to jump on my What Would She Know podcast page and look at my who I'm following, go for it because it's just pages like that. Like I don't I think I probably follow like one or two of my friends, but I think I'm only following like 80 people and most of them are either podcast pages or neuroscientists or healers or people who really align with me who post things every day that really get great information and, and advice. And sometimes the things that they're sharing, my psychologist hasn't even told me. Do you know what I mean? I have learned more from following these types of people than I have myself studying psychology for four years and being and seeing a therapist for like 10 years on and off. I'm not even kidding. And so a name, to name a few of these, Dr. Daniel Amen, Andrew Huberman, the holistic psychologist, there are so many people. Number two, exercise. 
it is a no-brainer that the What Would She Know community knows that there has been research showing that exercise is better and more effective in treating, managing, and preventing depression compared to talk therapy and medication alone. Exercise is an amazing tool for is the best antidepressant. And I know it's hard because you can't be bothered and all of the reasons and you don't want to go and you have no energy, but you go to the gym to feel better, to have energy, to have more motivation, to be able to focus better during the day. As a society, we constantly want instant gratification. We constantly want to scroll on our phones for the quick dopamine hit. We just want to have that coffee as soon as we wake up for energy straight away. We just want to eat junk food so we feel good in the moment. We just want to take medication so we can feel better rather than addressing the root cause of what's going on. I get it. I've been there. I've done that. I completely get it. And there's no judgment if you do do that. But you have to remember that I get that you don't want to exercise and you can't be bothered. But exercising is more about the body that you want or creating a body that you want or maintaining a body that you want. It's about the fact that it releases endorphins and chemicals in your body that are going to make you feel good and are literally going to help you to feel like you're a better person, okay? Even if it's a 10-minute walk, I don't care. Research has shown just walking five times a week shows the same effects as an antidepressant, okay? We've got to move our bodies. Number three, spend time in nature every day. Nature is literally healing. We literally aren't supposed to be indoors every day in cities, sitting at a desk with no windows every day, with no proper air, with no light, no sunlight. We are biologically designed to be out in nature every single day. And just because we've evolved and progressed as a society, it doesn't mean that it's a good thing. So people can genuinely be depressed if they're inside all day, working a job they hate, sitting, not moving their body, living in a city where there's no nature. Guys, go back to the basics. Basic things of taking your shoes off and getting your feet into the ground every day and grounding. Make sure that you're getting your morning sunlight. Make sure you're going for a walk out in the sun every day. Guys, being in nature is so important. Even like, you know, when you go to the beach, you instantly feel better. You feel calm. There's a reason for it. You know, when you go for a walk outside, you feel better. Spend time in nature. Nature is a great tool for helping your mental health. Four, breath work. I know I talk about this all the time. If you guys are interested in breath work, Breath work for me was like a few sessions worth of 10 years of therapy. That's how much it changed me. Breath work, again, I will always be able to talk about it. It's the one thing that made me go from being this depressed, sad, negative, life happened to me, not for me, all of those things, such an anxious girl. Then I found breath work. It changed my life. I won't go into it because I've done a few episodes on this and I know my listeners who come back every week are probably getting sick of me talking about it. So I did a episode with Dean Gladstone. I think it's called The Power of Breath, How Holistic Health Changed My Life. Listen to that. I have a folder dedicated to it on um, 
my Instagram, look into Wim Hof, look into the Cool To Be Conscious boys. If you're in Melbourne, go to the Breath House. I'm sure like Breathwork has become this popular thing that so many people now run community breathwork sessions for free on the beach every weekend. Like, trust me, if you haven't tried it, try it, please. Number five, focus on the basics of nutrition, sleep, water. Because me and my friend the other day were having a conversation and I'm literally just as guilty as this as well, but it was kind of a light bulb moment for me and I literally turned around and said, well, Sometimes it really is just going back to the basics of nutrition. Like we dismiss the important things. So what happened was we were talking and my friend was saying, you know, like she's just got no energy in the day. She can't focus. She can't complete tasks. You know, all of these symptoms of ADHD. And I think that she she has ADHD, like not invalidating her experience or what she was saying to me. And then I go, well, what had you eaten that day when we were talking about it? And I was like, oh, she just had a coffee or something and then she had dinner at night. And I just turned around and said, well, that's probably why. Because I know it sounds stupid because I've been there, I've done that. But if you're someone who's waking up and having coffee and then not eating during the day and you've got poor sleep and you have completely dismissed the importance of your foundations, and the basics of health, of course you're not going to have energy. Of course you're not going to be able to focus. Of course you're going to be anxious. Of course you're going to be depressed. If you're not fueling your body and doing all the right things, of course you're going to be feeling that way. And what really pisses me off in this day and age is you will get most people going to the doctor's office with those examples and they'll just put you on medication. They won't ask you about what you're eating, how many times a day you're eating, how much sleep you're getting, Are you exercising? They won't test you for nutrient deficiencies. All of those things that, of course, mimic all of the symptoms that we're seeing in this mental health crisis. Yet, we're just not going the right way about it. And it gets my blood fucking boiling. But, like, even caffeine, like you guys know I talk about even for anxiety, I say, wait an hour until you have coffee in the morning. I've recently just learned that through my coach that caffeine has a half-life of six hours. So I'm someone who has always been really sensitive to sleep, but caffeine has a half-life of six hours. So if you have a coffee at 12 o'clock, you still have 50% of that caffeine in your body at 6 p.m. If you have a coffee at two o'clock, you're still going to have half of that coffee in your body at eight o'clock. No, that's not good for your sleep. Even if you're someone who is able to sleep with the caffeine in your body, it's still affecting the transitions and the thing that's happening in your brain and your body when you are sleeping. And of course, literally going back to the basics, if you aren't having proper adequate sleep, of course, you're going to have symptoms as a result of that the next day. But we keep dismissing the important, the basics. Okay, number six, journaling. Because journaling allows you to express your emotions. And I know for me, it's really hard for me to control my thoughts if I'm not expressing them. So journaling is a great way for me to express my thoughts, but I always finish my journal in three things that have gone well for me that day. And I've noticed over time, even if in the lowest of days, there's still something positive that happens to me even on days that aren't so great. And a psychiatrist, Dr. Daniel Amen, 
who I recommended you guys to follow. If you go and follow him, he says that every single morning he wakes up and the first thing he tells himself, today is going to be a good day. And he said that just the importance of gratitude for our brain in practicing finding things to be grateful for in the small moments is so important for our brain health. And no, this isn't toxic positivity. And we can train our brain to find the calm within the storm. And he was saying that even on the day that his dad passed away or the day of his dad's funeral, he still told himself that the minute he woke up, today is going to be a good day. Because gratitude is one of the best things that he can do for his mental health. And that is kind of like that little example there is coming from a psychiatrist who specializes in brain health. Number seven, listen to self-development podcasts and books. Eight, somatic work to release emotions from your body. So we know that the body keeps the score. You don't deal with your emotions. You don't express them. They're going to store on your body and they're going to come out as pain, autoimmune, sickness. So we want to be doing somatic work to release emotions from our body so that it doesn't get stored. So shaking, you know what I found really interesting is that I know my dog does this as well, but in wildlife, if they get like attacked or something or they hurt themselves, they shake it off. That's animals shaking off trauma from their body so that it doesn't stick around. So we as humans need to be doing that as well. Walks in nature, great. And yoga is another example of somatic work because this is going to get you out of your mind and into your body. Number nine, I know you guys are going to get mad at me for recommending this, but meditation. So meditation strengthens our prefrontal cortex and it teaches us to observe our thoughts and to build an awareness around them and to not form an identity with them or to feed into them. And you just learn to let them go. So then in your real day-to-day life, when you do have a thought that might be related to anxiety or depression or something that's really triggering you that's just come up, that it's just a thought. And you don't have to believe every stupid single thought that you think and that you're just an observer of your thoughts and you don't have to give in to these thoughts. Today, I woke up. First thing I did, Joe just spends a meditation. Then I went to the gym. One thing that I've been working on is sometimes I avoid areas in the gym because I you know, have the thoughts of like, I'm doing it wrong. People are looking at me, blah, blah, blah. Something I'm working on with my coach at the moment is when those thoughts come up, I need to identify. So let's just say I'm in the gym and I've gone to an area and I think someone's looking at me, like they're judging me. In that moment, I go, okay, is that fact or opinion? Well, it's not fact. I'm not a mind reader. It's an opinion. Okay. Well, so this actually happened to me today. I can't remember if I just said that, but I went through fact or opinion that's my opinion. Okay, well, what's reality right now? I'm in a new space. I'm trying my best. It's okay if I muck up. These people are literally working out. They're not even looking at me or thinking about me. So drop it. I dropped the thought. I didn't think about it again. And I had the best session because that's what meditation does. Meditation allows you to practice being the observer and then not letting those thoughts consume your whole entire day. Because if I hadn't have done my meditation this morning, that thought probably would have come up and I probably would have avoided the area. I would have had a shit session and then I would have been in a shit mood. And then I would have let that shit mood roll out into the rest of my day and I would have gone, I've had a really shit day today. That is the power of our thoughts and the power of meditation. Number 10, building a strong community of friends, family, work colleagues, even there's so many resources online like the suicide hotline and even 
I know there's things like BetterHelp that you can use that are, of course, online therapy, but they're a lot cheaper than therapy. Number 11, build your resilience up and put yourself into something that's uncomfortable every day. Because when we do this, this builds our tolerance to stress and things that can lead into mental health issues later on. We as a society almost don't do anything hard these days. Like we're always looking for instant gratification. Like I was watching a video the other day and this man was in the supermarket and and he was saying, we literally come to the supermarket, we get our food, we go home. Do you remember what our ancestors ancestors had to do for that? They, They used to have to hunt. I can't even imagine doing that. Sometimes I'll have the mindset of like, I can't be bothered going to the supermarket. It's like, do you know how easily accessible going to the supermarket is? Not for everyone, but for me at least. And we take that for granted. And everything's so easy these days. So put yourself into uncomfortable situations because that's going to help you with resilience. And we know resilience can be a fighter against mental health issues. Number 12. Reflect on your lifestyle. I know this can be hard to hear sometimes, but yes, if you are drinking every day or every weekend or you're doing drugs every weekend or you eat takeaway every day, of course, you are not going to feel your best. You're going to feel your worst. Of course, you're going to be having anxiety. Of course, you're going to be having depression. And I think if you're fighting something like an alcohol addiction or drug addiction, I think you should be going to therapy regardless like please reach out to someone who can help you through that but yes our like going back to the conversation I was having with my friend who literally had a coffee and a croissant and was complaining of no energy and not being able to focus because you know I've been there I've done that like I remember when I was drinking every weekend and I was wondering why I was you know struggling with anxiety that lingered for days and my sleep was all out of whack and then because I was drinking and feeling like shit I would eat like shit like of course Lily your lifestyle reflected your internal mental health and that's all I'm gonna say because this that topic can be quite tricky 13 go and get your blood work done sometimes this isn't the cheapest thing to do but also if you just think about this long term, I know I would rather be paying for the blood work and getting to the root cause of, let's just say, a vitamin D or magnesium deficiency. Yes, deficiencies like vitamin D and magnesium have been linked to mental health disorders. And I bet you, you didn't know things like vitamin D and magnesium deficiency literally mimic the symptoms of depression and anxiety. And that's how important getting these minerals and vitamins into your life are. Like going back to what I just said, reflect on your lifestyle reflect on going back to the basics. Also, 14, animal-assisted therapy. I think being around animals, looking into animals' eyes, it releases chemicals in our bodies of oxytocins and serotonin, which is like our mood stabilizer and our our love hormone. It's going to make us feel good. I think you should definitely go back and listen to, I think I captioned it something like, it was a no-bullshit episode. Um, It's like seven lessons from the world's longest study on happiness. I specifically remember saying that some of the researchers, like this was like they followed people for like over a hundred years to track what made people happy. And one of the main things that they found, I can remember that it was your community and the relationships that you had. Like people are more likely to be happy when they have 
relationships around them and good, strong friendships. And no, that doesn't mean having 10 friends. Sometimes this was just one or two really close friends that made people feel fulfilled. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I just want you to know if you are struggling that I love you and I promise you it'll be okay. And I just want you to focus on one thing today, one thing tomorrow, whether that's journaling, even if you know, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure that you you have a note section and you can just start to write down your thoughts and finish it with three things that have gone well for you. Or maybe it's making yourself go for a walk and then when you come home, take off your shoes and plant your feet into the ground. Or make sure tomorrow that you're eating three meals with high quality animal protein and fats and fiber and carbs so that you're going to feel your best. Another one that I completely forgot to mention in the alternatives is just the importance of gut health and that a lot of our serotonin comes from our gut. And if we aren't looking after our gut, which again comes back to like it's all tied together, like nutrition and stress management, of course, we're going to have symptoms of things that are like anxiety, depression. I just want you guys, whoever is listening, to focus on the small things don't overwhelm yourself. Don't judge yourself. Just take it day by day. Focus on 1% better every day rather than trying to incorporate all of this knowledge in one. Maybe you don't resonate with all of it. Maybe you only resonate with a few things and that's completely okay. Maybe this episode has pushed you to maybe want to go to therapy or start taking medication, whatever that is, that is okay. And just remember, nothing changes if nothing changes.